is the Blue Room. One hour, everything Everton. Radio City Talk. Hello, welcome to the show. I am Peter McPartland. I'm joined in the studio by Matt Jones, and we have also with it, also with us Rodri Cannon from Reed Everton making his debut on the show. Gentlemen, welcome. All right. Oh, yeah. Nice one. There you go. Introductions done. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, Everton are in Dubai. It's nice for some. Seen a picture of them before. I think it was Lukaku. Um, Two other what? players, I can't remember who they were, all squeezed into the back of what looked like a very small taxi. <laughs> there's, there's one fella, isn't there, who from Dubai I've seen, uh, it's been going around getting loads and loads of, of pictures of all the players doing little videos and selfies and stuff. So he's nice uh, They've all been retweeted. I think by Blue Kipper have gone around retweeting them all. So I was just, 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 just obviously like Dubai's biggest Everton fan. He's, he's got a massive head, there. that's all I know. <laughs> 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 that's, that's all I'm going to say, he's got a massive head. And there's nothing wrong with that. You might have a massive brain to go with it. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let Roger comment now. Yeah, yeah. First, first thing on the show, and he can, uh, can comment that. Don't, no, Roger, we don't need to comment on massive heads. Um, warm, <laughs> warm, wind, warm breaks, warm weather training. Yes or a no? Well, I don't care what they do as long as it works on the pitch. When they come back in two weeks' time, ten days, I don't mind. That's as it, isn't as, it? As long as I, you get a win against Villa, which... Uh, yeah. I don't think we did one well last year, did they? It was, uh... Yeah, they went to Qatar last year. Uh, yeah. Did they... Ah, right, okay. I remember, they, I remember they came back after one and it, I was thinking, oh, we've had a 10 days break, they've all been away. Didn't they go to Tenerife two years ago or somewhere like that and it just rained for the week? <laughs> there was there was a photo of like Alcaraz and Lukaku playing volleyball last season. It was quite oh, <clears throat> Top Gun-esque. It's it's quite, oh, uh, man. The Paragrine. Now you are talking. Yeah. Now you are talking <laughs> Top Gun. I wonder which one was Goose and I wonder which one was Maverick. <laughs> Alcaraz, I don't, I don't even know if we've got a word for Alcaraz. Even on podcast, I don't even think I could bring a word for Alcaraz. <laughs> I, don't even, I think I just said the Paraguayan dream. The Paraguayan dream. Yeah. That sounds like a really, really bad wrestler. It's way too positive for Alcaraz as well, to be quite yeah. honest. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and yeah, I'm not bothered. I've seen some people criticising. Clubs for going on um, win- warm winter breaks, but I-, I don't have any problem with it, you know, because we don't have a winter break at all. Um, and you know, any chance to sort of break the monotony up of you know, they train for you know, they train for like ten and a half months of a year, you know, it- it's a long time. They don't really get any hot, don't get any holiday. I know people are going, oh, poor well footballers and all this, but they don't have any time off really. In that time, um, even if they're international players, they'll go on the international break. But they don't have any time off, so I, I've got no problem with this. And um, part of it will be training, and part of it will be um, enjoying themselves a little bit. So I, I, I think it's fair play. Yeah, I completely agree. And if I think we we mentioned before about how it's often forgotten that ninety percent of the players' time is spent at the training ground. That is basically a lot of what their life is in. Like you mentioned, just to refresh something, to give them something new. Obviously, had a good result at the weekend in the cup. They've got a a, a big end of the season coming up. Why not do something different, get away from it all, and just just re, you know, recharge the batteries and, and go again for the rest of the season? Yeah, there you go. I think Joe's got to do Joe over in uh, Qatar because last year they went to the Qatar. Ah, yeah. And um, he's got access to that training facilities, and now they've got to Dubai. Maybe that's why they've gone somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, actually, that does sound right. I'm blaming you, Joe, for uh, the reasons why. So let's let's turn our attention to obviously Saturday. He went with a strong lineup against Bournemouth. Um, same, I think Everton were the only team in the competition to not make any changes. 
Um, so obviously his thoughts were fully to go for it. And, um, you know, that that for me was probably the right decision. Maybe I'd like to have seen a couple of changes, just actually not not to rest anyone, but just just maybe I'd like to have seen like a Baines back in the side. But um, he's gone for it. And that's, that's that for me is the right statement. That's That's the right way to go forward in the FA Cup. Yeah, definitely. Well, I thought it was we we were unchanged. I thought that was good because people always moan about uh, how Martinez picks his favourites, and after that defeat against West Brom, he could have easily just lobbed back Baines, lobbed back, lobbed Stones back in. <clears throat> but he's given Oviedo and Funes Murray like a, almost like another chance. It's, and it's I think it's a good message because Oviedo's. I don't understand the stick Oviedo gets. All I see is a good footballer who's been dead unlucky with injuries. Mm. And um, for him to get like more game time under his belt to prove himself a little bit more, it gives Baines more initiative to work harder. Also with Funes Mori or Jack Yelka, whoever he could pick out, it gives them, <clears throat> it gives Stones more of an, of an initiative to work harder. And the, the break's been good for Stones as well, let's be honest, because before before he got this injury, if it even is an injury, he was he was a bit all over the place, to be quite honest with you. So I was quite happy with an unchanged lineup. I think the I think the, the thing with Oviedo is is he's not Baines. And I think that's the only that's literally yeah. the only criticism you can you can put at his door. He's not Baines, but the, you know, as you said there, um he hasn't had any kind of run in the side at all since he's been at the club every time he gets a run. He gets injured, and maybe maybe just Martinus is thinking is well, I better give him a run now because he will get injured at some point. So let's just let's just give him a game of football and see how it gets on. And also, I think Martinus has got this thing where he, he um, where um, where he he will he will almost play players in blocks of yeah. fixtures and then yeah. and then and then take them out. And um, maybe this is just this is just Oviedo's time but but really I'm not really too concerned as long as if we're winning games of football and players are playing well that I, I don't really care who they are that you know on the on on the whole. It, it encourages me that he it seems as though it's something that's finally clicked with him in the sense that this this way that we're playing at the moment is the way forward. And I I, I think it is the way forward in terms of we've we've got a better balance of players we've got a better balance in the team of, of grafting guile really we've got players in the side like Barkley and Lukaku who are brilliant going forward but they can occasionally be a bit of a passenger in defence but aside from aside from that players like Aaron Lennon obviously he's coming for Gerard Delafay he works a lot harder Tom Cleverley coming on the left for, for Aruna Kone mainly he was playing there early in the season he's a lot more industrious and we seem to have a lot more structure about us a lot more shape about us defensively and as long as we continue to, to to work around that shape, Grant, I, I don't mind if, like, if you mentioned, he brings in Baines every now and then, maybe brings in Delafay for a game or two, or, or Kevin Morales, those sorts of players. But as long as we keep this same structure we've got now, which is much more balancing than where we were playing early in the season, which was far too cavalier, far too open, and, and let the opposition get at us. So that's encouraging for me. But I, I thought we were really poor on the day. Yeah. But it was just. Um, yeah, at least he seems to have switched on. That that's the right way to, to go forward with this team. Yeah, Roger, what were you, what were your uh, your thoughts on the way we played generally in that first half? Uh, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't vintage Everton. It wasn't the the uh, likes of Stoke or Southampton. It wasn't the really impressive counter attacking performance we've expected. We didn't create a lot of chances. I think Lukaku had a couple of bursts. 
down from down the flanks. He showed a really nice turn of pace to get away from Kirk. Um, <clears throat> Barkley was bright in flashes, but it just wasn't wasn't gelling, wasn't clicking. But we we looked okay apart from in the first half, apart from the penalty incident, we looked okay defensively. Like I don't, apart from the save, I don't think Robles had anything to do. I think we sort of shifted the balance a little bit. We were a bit more offensive in the second half. We got a bit of luck, <clears throat> but from Barkley, but if you don't buy the ticket, you don't win the raffle or whatever that cliche is. Um, I think we des- well, the, we we weren't amazing, but it was a solid enough away performance, and we're in the last eight, so fine. Well, that's a, <laughs> that's a that's a very adult way to look at it, I, I, I suppose. Um, <laughs> I just thought we were rubbish first half, and that's the that's that's me being there. Uh, like more, sort of turn over. Well, else was on BBC. <laughs> on yeah, yeah, Despicable, Despicable Me Part Two was on oh, on ITV, and I was and I was I was very over. tempted to put it on at some point. No, I think I think the first that I know, you know, sitting here first half, I was not. I don't know. It's it's just it's all a build up and how slow it is, and it yeah. just it does wind me up. It does wind me up how. Our times we just play, 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 and there is no, um, there's no alternative to it. And and that sometimes I just want them to just go. Do you know what? Let's just lash a ball in the box. Let's throw a pass into the box. And I know it doesn't help because Bournemouth played very much like the away team. They sat back, mm. tried to soak it up, and tried to hit us on the break. So they forced us into playing, you know, our, our, our home kind of way. And obviously we all know that's that's not great. And but I think at times. Um, we have to just do something different and we didn't do that enough and I don't know whether that's Romelu Lukaku not offering enough but I also think the you know the players on the wings have to offer a little bit more Al Lennon had plenty of the ball but I didn't see him want to go past the fullback once whereas last week he was absolutely terrorising mm. James McLean but he mm. was trying to just get into the box and um, the, same, the shame with him um, same with Seamus as well. He, his crosses were just wayward, and he wasn't trying to get to the byline. I think we need to do more of that. We need, you know, Romelu Lukaku. We see the best of him when when um, when Gerard Delafeu was play, playing, and Gerard Delafeu would just whip balls into the cross into the box, or he will, you know, play, try and play balls in front of Rom. And no one else seems to do that when when um, when when he's not playing. So we don't we don't really play to Rom's tense, but on the flip side, that Rom doesn't help himself because he doesn't really run the channels. He's not that kind of player. So the, then you then you're looking for another striker to play in around Romelu Lukaku. It, it just it, it's it just doesn't all seem to fit together for me when at times and that's the most annoying things when when things are not working. You're just thinking, well, make it work, change something and make it work, and it's the stubbornness for me. That's what winds me up. We seem to, to lose confidence for me. It's um like the, the times early in that game when we were passing the ball around well, they were they were moving it good, the movement off the ball was pretty sharp as well. But as soon as a, a couple of passes go astray and a couple of those patterns don't come up, head seems to go down and everyone just seems to get a little bit more conservative. As you mentioned there, Lennon wasn't taking his man on at all. Seamus Cole wasn't getting down to the byline either and you, and you you just think, What why why aren't these players taking more chances on the ball? Why aren't they be willing to commit defenders, and that that in the in the, in the second half was, was was a lot better, I think. And, and you mentioned there about about Lukaku and, and the way he was playing. I, these are the types of games I want to see more from him in the, in that sense because we we've seen how good he can be this season, and I, I, I'm, I always think back to that Stoke game on I think it was mm. on the, on the twenty eighth, and how 
how that was probably the best centre forward display I've I've seen from a player at Goodison Park for so long. And he did everything that day. His work rate was better. He carried the ball forward. He was getting on the end of things. He was absolutely superb. And I think it's during the game people were slagging him off, and it seems as though that the goal, the goal he, he scored, seems to cover up a lot of the flaws. Like oh, he scored now, it, it doesn't matter. But I I think he can be more than just a, a great goal scorer. This lad and. I, I want to see our fans hold him to high standards. I want the manager to be holding to high standards as well. And I think he himself would hold himself to high standards. He's, he's a smart lad. He knows about the game. He's analytical in his approach to it. But he needs to do a little bit more off the ball for me. He needs to be a bit more willing to get involved in physical confrontations with the defender. Don't just be passive in games and, and go through spells in the match without actually really in, in, impacting on the play. And even though he scored at the weekend, the fourth overall in general play, he was poor. And, Hopefully this, this this break will do good, will be good for him as well because, as I mentioned there, he's been a force nature at times at, at the point of the attack and want to get him back to those sorts of levels again for the end of the season. Yeah, I, I do think though that in games like this, there's nothing wrong with um, another striker. No? But, it, you know, I think that's what he was crying out for, just someone going alongside him. If you've seen that he's not having a good game, then do something about it. Get someone up with him. You know, I think, I think that's... Uh, that's that's something where I think Roberto Martinez sometimes just you, you very rarely see Roberto Martinez change the shape of the team. Although although he'll tell you that otherwise he'll tell you how he changes the side or whatever you know he'll change the the way we play. But you go back to last week and you know he, he brought uh, you know we mentioned we mentioned it last week obviously he brought uh, Runa Kone on and just it was it was supposed to be like for like for Tom Cleverley. But it it really wasn't. So you know you're thinking we'll go four four two, take one of yeah. the centre midfielders off or whatever, and he doesn't. And I'd like to see Roberto Martinez do that more, where he where he he changes the shape of the side. He goes from four you know four two three one to four four two when you need a goal or when something needs to change. I think I think that's uh, I think I think that's good management when you do that. And I, I don't see enough of that. I don't see enough. I don't see. It. I know I know we might get hung up on shape and and formations. Um, and it is all about the players, but it is all about the players. So you've got to get players on the pitch that complement the other players at times to make things happen. Um, but you know that, you know, you, you, I suppose Roberto Martinez can point to the, the final score. But there's plenty of games where you can point to the final score and say you didn't, you didn't change enough, or you didn't do something a little bit different. Rodri, jump in, go on. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you were talking about when. Kone came on for um, <clears throat> cleverly. It's Kone doesn't play it. Oh, he, I know he's put out on the left side, maybe at the um, start of a, like when they're kicking off. But he always moves like pretty much right next to Rom. And at times against Sunderland, against Aston Villa, against Newcastle last season, it worked. It works well. And against Dynamo Kiev as well, it worked, it worked quite well. But when um, he he just I don't understand why <clears throat> personally I don't think Martinez knows his best 11 at all and it's, it's nearly three years yeah I don't I don't think he knows <clears throat> who to play on the wings I think he's got a predicament at, at centre-half now because of Funes Murray and Jags being so solid he's I still he's probably still caught in two minds well I don't know up until very recently he was caught in two minds about Robles and Howard it seems to have he seems to have finally Ooh. the penny's don't, finally dropped. Don't ignite that old chestnut. <laughs> 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 is, 
just pray that he's, he has he has got it in in uh, in his in his mind now what he wants because in goal because if, he if he's got if he's got that sorted then that's one major predicament um that that you know that we've been moaning about for a long time on this show but but obviously on 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 Joel Robles I mean you know. It, they get they got into the game more and more. They got the corner. It comes into the box and and um, James James McCarthy pulls out the old Anders Limpar. You know, that? sticking his that? no, that's <laughs> it. Sticking his old and sticking his arm out. And next minute, you're Bournemouth suddenly uh, are given a massive chance to take the lead at home. And you just think pile more pressure onto this Everton team. Um, but fair play to 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 Joel Robles because. That's a massive save. I mean, it's huge. It's it's a it's not uh, okay. Some people say it was a good height and all the rest of it, but he absolutely smashed that. And um, he picked the side. He you know he picked the side early, and he and he makes a fantastic save. And it just fills everyone with confidence about the goalkeeper. And yeah. that's such an important thing at the moment, especially after last week where some people were questioning and were saying, "Oh well, look, he's not he's not good enough either." And then, but that suddenly just fills everyone with confidence. Not only does it fill you with confidence, it makes you back him, makes you want to support yeah. him, makes you want to like the kid and give the kid a chance. And I think that again, that's another massive thing. You could see that with the players as well, couldn't you? After after he saved it, everyone was absolutely made up. McCarthy went and gave him the McCarthy was going to neck him. <laughs> <laughs> he was, yeah, but. It was funny because listening to Martinez afterwards and sometimes you think, oh God, here we go. Some some of the stuff he comes out and says. And he said after the game that Joel controlled the moment really well. And mm. when you hear that initially, you think... I don't even know what that means. You don't even know what that means. <laughs> but, but when you think when, when I think back about it, I I really fancied him to save that at the time. And I, I wasn't surprised at all when he did because when he's, he's so much... And we've talked about this loads, but I mean, about how much more of a presence he is in the goal than yeah. Tim Howard he's, he's so big he's got massive massive arms and long legs yeah. and he makes himself big in that goal and he's imposing and you just looked at it and thought oh, he's not going to get this past him at all either and you know it, it was a good high for him granted it wasn't particularly right in the corner but it's, it's a well struck shot it's not as if he scuffed it into the corner or, or rolled it along the floor so it's um, I feel like it, it, that it's, it feels as though that's the, the moment for me which has kind of vindicated them as, as the number one goalkeeper now because a lot of people have been saying, haven't they, the last few weeks about how he's not really had much to do in the mm. West Brom game, didn't have much to do in the games before that against Carlisle, Newcastle or Stoke. But this is a game where he really stood up and made a critical contribution for Everton. So he's got he's got to keep the gloves now from, from now on, definitely. He's Hasn't he only played six in a row? Six in a row, is it? Because he played the semi-final and then we went yeah, to Carlisle. Yeah. yeah. I think... <clears throat> I, I don't think we've seen the best of him at all. A, because... We, he hasn't had that much to do, and B because I think you need about for goalies because it's such a specialist position, it's so mentally draining, it takes a lot out of you. It's, it's hard to go just from on the bench for so long to at it to like two games in a week. He's got to be like at it. So he's been at it Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Saturday, and again. I think in if he gets a run of ten, fifteen games, we'll see a really, really solid keeper, and he's. In goalkeeping terms, he's a baby because usually they peak at right around thirty-two to thirty-five. So he could. You, we're obviously going to have to find a new keeper in the summer, but whether it's uh, number one, you, you don't know. Well, this I think this, this, just, is, this is the making of Joel yeah. Robles. I think the end of the season. Do you know what else is encouraging as well? You mentioned there about how he's still young in, in goalkeeping terms. I remember last season when he played against West Ham in that in that penalty shootout, and even though we had a great game that night. 
when it came to the penalties, he was he was terrible at them, wasn't he? He, he was going early, he was off his line. Yeah. He was making making it easy for the West Ham players. And you look at him and you think, the Norwich game this season, he made a, a couple yeah. of, he was he was good in the penalty shoots out there. Yeah. And again, he's made the penalty save at the weekend. And you think, this is a goalkeeper now who's improving. And he's, he's, we haven't got a goalkeeper in, in, in the sticks now who's who's declining or, or past it and, and making these mistakes and isn't going to learn for him. We've got a goalkeeper in there now who's been in the team. He's obviously soaked up a lot of experience in the in the in the little experience in the little games that he's had, and he's making improvements. And you can see it. You can, you can see against against Norwich that he's got yeah. better at penalty saving, mm-hmm. and again at the weekend. So as long as he keeps improving, he's going to make mistakes. That, that that's a given. But as long as he keeps improving and learning from them, then that's that's good enough for me. The thing, the thing about him is as well is um, you know this is his you know I think what have we had now four clean sheets in the last five games. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. so. This this now is his audition, literally for the number one spot. Definitely. You know, it it is wide open. I would say, uh, uh, you know, I've heard you know, I've heard like Graham Sharp talking on the um, like on the Radio City le- Legends and saying, well, he's ha- he's had them for years and he doesn't he seems to be reluctant to uh, to pick him. Which fair enough, I understand that that sort of criticism or or that more inside knowledge on the goalkeeper. But you know, you've got to you've got to give someone a chance and. Uh, this is his chance now, but not only that, I'd actually like to hear Roberto Martinez. I'd like the words to come out of his mouth and say Joel Robles is the number one goalkeeper. I know it's been hinted at, and I know it's been touched upon, and know I know he's gone round the houses, but I haven't actually heard the words Joel Robles is my number one because I think what's really important is he has said before Tim Howard is our number one and no matter what he comes back into the side and I think it's I think you know mentally he, you know he, he said oh it's with goalkeepers there's a hierarchy and you have to have that and the set number two needs to know he's number two now I think now Joel Robles needs to know he's the number one and has to take confidence from that but mm. not only take confidence but take the pressure with that as well and see where that end, where that goes for the rest of the season because what have we got now we've got 12 league games left you know we've got a quarter final of an FA Cup which you'll which you'll play in definitely um and I just think that he has to be left in and also has to be... The manager just needs to say, you're the number one publicly and let's see where it goes. And if we get to the end of the season and he's made more mistakes, you know, or he's made general mistakes, then we say, you know what, we need two goalkeepers now. But that for me is, that's the key going forward. And he's done that with other players. He's done that with the likes of John Stones. You know, he's, he's made yeah. big statements about Ross Barkley. We know we know he loves to make big statements about his young players. I'd love to see him do that with Joel Robles. Do you not, do you not think he he's just worried about maybe putting too much pressure on him now, though? Because well, why do he put pressure? He puts the most ridiculous no, pressure I, I, on I, other I, players. I though. get that, but if he's, he might be looking at the situation now and thinking it's it's going well. He's obviously coming and replaced a, a player who's been at the club for 10 years. <clears throat> There's obviously some kind of concern there with him for Martinez in terms of Robles otherwise he would have probably brought him into the team already mm. I imagine he's probably just letting it go for, for the time being seeing how he gets on and then in the summer if Howard does go and, and Joel is there and he's played well he'll speak for itself at the end of the season if he, if he is going to be the number one if, if we go and sign a you know a, a Shea Given or a you know Carlo Nash sort of goalkeeper in, in the summer he's going to be back up and Joel is going to be the number one. It'll speak for itself then. So I think he's just going to kind of just let it see how it goes for the time being. I, I, I can't I can't see him putting any kind of unnecessary pressure on him at the moment. He's got this sort of 
With Tim Howard, I remember he used to, every time, I don't know, went up for a corner or maybe <clears throat> we conceded a goal, he used to absolutely bollock the centre-halves. Mm. The last two seasons, he's not done that whatsoever. I've not seen him do it once. Yeah. Mm. Joel Robles, if, I don't know, he just, it, there's just so much like desire there. There's so much desire with Joel to like improve, to make his mark in the, maybe not just with Everton, in football in the Premier League. And he bollocks, the, he bollocks his, he blah, bollocks our centre-halves, bollocks his Funes Mori. He gives a bollock. That's a lot of bollocks. <laughs> yeah. It's almost as much bollocks as Martinez. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, but you just you just see like if you see that you see that he cares. And with mm. Tim Howard, it's just like oh, the, you know, I've conceded again. But the stats show I'm the fourth best keeper in the league when it comes to standing on the line or whatever. So I'm doing fine. With John <laughs> Robles, you can see the the desire to improve, and that's what we need. We need players who want to get better. We don't we don't need Howard who's wanted 14 million to play in the MLS when he's 41. We don't need that. We need players who are hungry and want to win trophies here. I just don't, you yeah. should have just finished the conversation that we don't need Tim Howard. It's as simple <laughs> no, as that. It's as simple as that. Um, we just don't. We just, as I say, I just think it's, you know, I, just, I, would, I would just like him to just say he's the number one. I don't care. I, I think the, the lad can handle the pressure. I just, I think he puts so many, he makes so many bold statements. And it's not even like you're number, you're my number one, as in like you're amazing. It's just like he's our number one to the end of the season. Our fans are telling them behind the goal that new song that they've got going anyway. <laughs> what a great song! Mate. It's a great song. No, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not interested. People can cry all they want about it. People, <laughs> tell people these whatever. Um, anyway, so good save. <laughs> kept us in the game. Oh well, you know, kept us from being going from behind. And well, look, he did keep us in the game. Have you yeah. seen our um, statistics when we go a goal down? I don't look at statistics because. Uh, because yeah. you're, you're not a nerd like me. But no, yeah. it's not even that. It's just I look at them and a lot of the time they just lie. And I don't mean lie as in like they're not the truth because I know the, I know the art they did actually happen. But um, what what actually are the statistics? Oh, yeah, just go, yeah, I, I want to know. I'm a bit of a nerd. Go on. The, well, the last time we came back at home in the league, I think, was against Aston Villa in 2014 in just after the derby. Yeah, it was. I remember yeah. that, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was. It was Naismith and Kevin Morales last minute free kick. There you go. You don't oh, know I'm not, stats. I'm not for stats. <laughs> I just know... Nerd. I'm not for stats. I just know about <laughs> football. <laughs> and um, up until uh, the West Brom away game, I think, we'd, gone, we'd go a goal down. And I think the last 12, we'd either draw or lose. We wouldn't win. Yeah. So we'd either be looking... If that goal goes in, chances are we'd be looking at a replay at best. If mm. not... We just crumble and we go out to maybe even three 0 Oh, that's a that's a positive spin on it. Um, <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It, it is. It's a it's a big save because suddenly it's the pressure is on us. They're the home, you know. It's a small ground and and you're thinking, you know, it, it is a massive save. It is a massive save. So you know, I, I think. But what was interesting though afterwards that after that was. Bournemouth took a lot of encouragement from that, and they came out second half, um, and they made the biggest mistake they could have made. They started having a go at us, and I think that flipped the game. It meant it suddenly we were the away team again, and they were putting real pressure. I mean, it wasn't wasn't it wasn't real pressure as in putting shots on goal, but it was pressure as in the they were. He started to play attacking football, and that was to me was the biggest mistake they could have made because that just allowed us to 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 naturally start playing our away game. We were dealing with all their corners, we were dealing with everything they could throw at us into the box, and more and more 
space started to appear in the centre of midfield, and Ross could get hold of it a little bit more, and Barry could get hold of it a little bit more, and 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 that just opened the game up for me. And I think that's where you know that's where we went on to win the game. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, if you look at the the first goal, that there weren't many times in the first half that that Barkley was able to get a bit of time and space on the ball in that particular position where he could have a, a shot and touch without getting a player right in his face. And I know it. I know Goslin did eventually get a little flick on it, but in the first half, he would have been right up on him, stopping him getting the shot or either forcing him to, to, to play it wide. So, yeah, th- those spaces did open up. And, and once we got the, the goal, you could see, couldn't you, we started putting our, our passing moves together a lot better. There was the one when, when Lukaku went through, which was flagged incorrectly offside, mm. in, in my opinion. Obviously, Lennon with the, a great little move inside when he came in for, for Barkley for the for the second goal in the lead up to that. So that that's it for us, isn't it? If if, if a team comes at us and leaves a space to exploit, we're devastating at times. But <clears> if they just if they just have been a bit a little bit more savvy, not got carried away, then it, it could have easily finished nil nil. I think that's but, that. I think sorry, Roger, I think that's just because they were playing at home and you get carried away, don't yeah. you? And it's also that sort of. You've still got that small, not small. It is a small club mentality where you think you've you've we've got to go and beat them. You know, we've got to go and beat them now. This is our big opportunity. They might not have fancied the replay the, either. You no, but what I mean them, is, yeah. though, I think I think um, I think as you the more you watch football and the, and the more experience you get in it, I think you don't look at game. You look at games as fifteen minute chunks. Um, certainly that's how Everton appear to play in games anyway but you do you look at games in 15 minute chunks and all you think is right we do this for 15 minutes and we do that for 15 minutes where where they I think when you when when you're going at games like that you think of the big you're thinking oh the big picture we need to win this tonight and if they just kept doing what they were doing for the, then for the last 15 minutes they could have had a go with us and I think mm. that's where I think that's where so actually I think Martinez is quite savvy at that he, he he does do that in games he hasn't perfected it by any means but he 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 does look at games in chunks I think Martinez so I think that's where a little bit more experience as a manager comes in go on Roger you can jump in now <laughs> um, what was I going to say I can't even remember oh. I just, oh yeah talking about that 15 minute chunk it's Arguably more important in comp- competitions because everyone always you have this because it's just once like one off tie. You usually f- free the shackles of the league because yeah, points and crap, and um, you just go for it a little bit more. I remember the when we played Middlesbrough in the quarter final two thousand nine, and we were a, first half we were abysmal when a yeah. goal down. Yeah, more, Weezer, this yeah. is actually. You were talking about going four four two. Moyes took off Rodwell, put on Sahar, put Cahill deeper, and just had <clears throat> Fellaini and Sahar lobbing mm. it up. We turned up for fifteen twenty minutes, and we won two one. Yeah. We could have we could have lost to the very end. I remember mm. Les Scott making a incredible block and literally the last kick of the game. But we turned up fifteen twenty minutes. We got through to the semi final. Mm. Did we didn't we turned up for about five minutes when the penalty shootout was going on in the semi final. <laughs> we turned but up. To be fair, we played. We did play all. We played all right in the semi final against Man United. It was just. It was just Man United return. It was just one of those games. They, had a, they it, did have an awful team. They did, day, but we. There was more of it. See, that was more to do with. I would say that was more to do with Moise's complex of playing yeah. big teams more than anything else. We held something back, but we did have chances. I remember James Vaughan had a, had a really good chance. But uh, to be fair, on the Moise, we did that a lot. We were. Yeah. We, we were. There was. I mean. Anyone who watched Moise's teams will know 
the first halves and the second halves were night and day in some games. Some games would be so poor in the first half, and then we come out second half. We come out, we come out actually goal down in most games and absolutely destroy teams in the second half. Mm. We did. We were. It was so Jacklin and Hyde under under Moyes. Um, but it, this team is almost worse because we play in twenty minute spells. We're absolutely. I mean, you only have to go back to the Chelsea game. We were absolutely amazing for that twenty minutes where we scored both goals, um, and then. The next twenty minutes, we were absolutely abysmal, and that that's 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 Martinez's sides. side. Just once he, if he can get, if he can get, uh, if he can correct that, you know, then he will have a really good team on his hands. And maybe that's what he says when he says we're so close. Maybe that's what he's talking about. But um, you know, there's no there's no sort of proof of that at the moment. But but you know, as you mentioned there, Ross Barkley scores the goal, and and that's what we're seeing him do more and more is take chances. Take shots on whether they get deflected or not. They're, they're hitting the back of the net. You know, he's on. You know, he's, what's that? Twelve for the season. Yeah. In um, in all competitions, which is which is fantastic for a for a centre midfielder. I think. I think that's what we've been crying out for for a long time. Um, and then you know the move for the second goal. Uh, Alan Lennon coming coming from out to in for the first time in the game. Uh, really opened the pitch up. Ross. Um, just puts one wide, obviously with a little deflection, and it, it's a really nice. Should have been a penalty, though. Uh, yeah, I suppose you hit him on the arm. Um, it's going right in the corner. The, the corner makes corners an interesting one, though, because I've seen people um, try and claim that that was straight off the training ground. <laughs> now I am not. I am not having that for a so minute. It might have been because. Lukaku's man was distant, and we all know he switches off like all the time. So it might have been off the training ground. Uh, are you telling me? Are you, you know, telling you know me? What, are you telling me? Hang on, hang on. Are you telling me that you've got a man on the front post who's there to flick the ball on, and you entrust Gareth Barry to that? That's a phenomenal moment in the <laughs> in not only in his life. Everton's Happy thirty fifth you know birthday to him anyway. He has done it this season already. He hasn't does. He? he loves a flick. He did it against loves, Swansea, didn't he? He, he loves a flick. I don't. I don't know if that ended up as an goal. goal or not. Yeah. But he, it was. It was a similar sort of run, wasn't yeah. it? To the near post, little back heel, yeah. but. Yeah, it would just sum us up, wouldn't it? If we if we had to make set pieces that complicated to, sc- <laughs> to score from, you know, we have to do a, a back heel through a load of bodies. What was that one this week? That the team and the oh, Cheltenham against Cheltenham. Family, yeah. That's that's more of us, isn't it? That's a little bit more of us. I seen a brilliant one today as well. Actually, a free kick. I, I, I don't know where it was. It was somewhere abroad, and there was a the free kick was lined up, and they actually um, the team we were taking and put three men. They set up their own wall, and and as yeah. he was about to take it the three step back and then they all lean back matrix style right amazing and and it's boss honestly the he, he went in but they all lean back like matrix style to like and so no one can see manchester united was quite interesting last night as well over oh, a hit hit thingy in the end no no matters you see matters goal i've, I've seen it they yeah. put three men in front of the ah, goalie okay, yeah. and then they all run out and um michael owen claimed it should have been offside but then the, louis van Hal claimed that um well, I didn't claim. He said they'd, they'd already approached a ref, the referee about it, and said, "If we do this, will it be given us offside or onside?" And he said, "It'd be onside," which is interesting. I've, ne- I've never known. You trying to say we're ahead of the curve on set pieces? No, but I've yeah. never, I've never known um, a manager ever to go to a, a referee and ask if something would be offside or onside. That's that's a first for me. That shows you how complicated the offside rules getting. If you've got to get, have like, you know, I've got to have it confirmed mm. beforehand. Yeah, but um. I think but it, it was a good free kick, a good corner. It worked. It went in. Absolutely brilliant flick. I, I don't. I, I don't think it was meant. Unfortunately, as much as I'd like to believe that we we are practicing set pieces, but you know, 
that, that that is a really good bit of skill from Barry. And if that's a uh, if that's a more skillful play, and it's getting vined all over the place, yeah. and it's going to be on on the internet all week. But no, no, fair play. And, and Luke Harkey is is quite sharp in the box. He, he wasn't really sharp for, for, for much mm. much else in the game, but he he's quick to react to that and, and smash it home. But I, I quite I quite like the celebration as well. I don't know muted. Yeah, I don't. I don't. People seem to seems to have turned on him a little bit after the uh, after doing that and not really seeming to look that bothered. But I thought it was just kind of, you know, job done. Got to get on with it. Got to get through the tie. Because, you know, last time we all uh, we all liked it into the crowd, didn't we? And had a, had a big party <laughs> on and, and conceded at the end of yeah. uh, at Bournemouth. So, yeah, just get the job done. Yeah, that's how I've seen it anyway, Rodri. I mean, what would you rather have? A load of Lonsdale trainees on the go or, you know, just the... the, the... How, who lets people in with Lonsdale trainees? <laughs> uh, you know, there's a there's a social and economic uh, issue and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not willing to jump in on this. I would just say you need to boycott any Mike Ashley shop regardless of what trainees you're going to buy. Just, just, you know, that's up to yourself, you know, but just don't shop at Mike Ashley's. That's just a, that's an ethical choice rather than an economical or social one for me. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> this show is to... Since we Since the reins were cut, mate. Since the reins were cut from our commercial overlords. Um... <laughs> what have you just broke? I just, I just pulled out the uh, the thing for the, the headphones. Oh, oh okay. back in again. Oh, now, you're yeah. back in. It's, it's like Ted's politics hour. <laughs> You've got no idea. You want to... I'll tell you later about that. <laughs> yeah, getting into trouble over the shop without bringing it onto this show this week. So, um, yeah, getting into trouble. Me for something I've said. No, no, I was cut. I could possibly, couldn't possibly have got into trouble for anything I've said. Um, two 0 job done. What I what was really good though about that was it really was job done. There was no no issues after that. Once we got two 0 up. Uh, we defend. We defended brilliantly all day from set pieces, Jags and Funzamare. Um, you know, we were doing everything right. We defended as a team, as a unit. They had the header uh, from Dan Goslin, which Joe Robles dealt with comfortably. The free kick, which hit the wall, which was nervy for a minute. And apart from that, they had nothing else. And I thought, you know, that was the best thing. That was the most comforting thing. And you go back a week, and you think about the West Brom game and how frustrated we were and how how annoyed we were by that game. But, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that is now four set piece, uh, set piece, four uh, clean sheets out the last five games. Um, so I'm, fingers crossed, I'm really hoping that we're going in the right way and we're starting to, we are starting to treat set piece. Why have we just said set pieces You're again? obsessed with set pieces. I am obsessed with set pieces. That's because we scored from one. Uh, and we, we, have def- sco- we have scored four set pieces. And we defended really games, well. Though, but clean yeah. sheets. We're getting clean sheets. We're scoring from set pieces. That's that's the next that's thing. It. That's what I was coming on to. We're scoring from set pieces. We're defending set pieces really well as well in this game. Uh, we didn't last week, obviously, but in this game. So for me, I'm just really hoping we're, start- we're starting to figure out what is needed to win games of football. Yeah, to me, it was, it was no surprise we saw the game off because if you look at the the team that was on the pitch when we conceded goals against Bournemouth last time, we had Aruna Coney on the left wing, Lukaku up front, Delafeu, Barkley, and we had Cle- cleverly went to midfield, didn't he? Because uh, mm. McCarthy came off injured, didn't he? And, and they're, they're not players who are, are that switched on defensively. And in that game, when once Bournemouth got us pinned back, we just struggled to get out so, so badly. And then you look at it, the contrast at the weekend and you think... He's brought on the ass to give us fresh mm. legs up front. He's got Aaron Lennon there on the right wing. Cleverly's playing on the left. McCarthy and Barry are, are in the team as well. Morales comes on to, 
to give you some fresh legs later on. And, and all of a sudden, everything just looks a lot more solid. And it's it's that term, isn't it? We've used so often. It's how you manage the game, and we did we we did it a lot better. And I think that is in part to the, to the team you selected initially. And, and going back to what we said at the start, at the start of the show about how having this this, this better balance in the side, you can go one way or the other in games. Then if you win in two 0 you can sit back and be a lot more compact. But then again, if we are needing to chase the game, you've got players on the bench there in Delafeu, Morales, even someone like Stephen P and I. You've got Nias there as well now. You can go forward and, and change the course of the game in that sense. So it, it just gives you a lot more options when you set the team up in that manner at the start. Jump in when you want, Roddy. <coughs> Jump in. Um, oh, I, th- I think... I don't know. The, Martinez is split opinion in the Evan fan base and stuff, but he's only... How old is he? 43? Yeah. I'm not sure. Could still be playing. Still a young manager. <laughs> You think about it so he could just like the players he's i don't know maybe saying is he still learning his trade mm. he's <clears throat> it's hard know. to say that when you've been in the premier league for six years though i, I think yeah. i think I, I mean in terms of being old or not i think um you know this is something that's thrown at roberto martinez he's a young manager but in terms of games he's actually yeah. not i think he's i think he's had over 300 games in the premier league now well managing sorry not in the premier league managing because i know people will jump all over that managing a premier league club um in all competitions i think he's had over 300 games uh, but i don't know he he, he 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 tends to believe that he's on the right track and and um if that is right that he believes that and the club believe that because that's the mo- most important thing then there's very little as fans we can sort of do about it. We can we can only hope and we can only ask in our own unique way that players that we want to see play get a chance, like Joe Robles in goal and um, Delafeu and 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 not Kone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so um, and then we just sort of have to trust them, don't we? And that's what can you do? I just want to see us moving forward and looking as though we're progressing and. Over Christmas and New Year, I felt as though the team was regressing in that sense, mm. and lessons weren't being learned, and, and nothing was was really done to to try and replicate, you know, and then these things going forward. But if you look at these last five games as, as a whole, granted they've not been against the the best standard of opposition, but there have been a few just little green shoots coming through in terms of he, he seems now to to not be comp- treating defence as an afterthought. He yeah. seems to have focused a lot more on set pieces. He's amended the goalkeeping problem, so. As long as he continues to see these things that we've we've been seeing for for a long time and begins to address them going forward, then I've got absolutely no problem with that. It's just whether he's going to have that instinct in him. It's just going to be twinging, saying, "Come on, Roberto, go go back to this cavalier football, lad. You know, we want we, we want we want the Barcelona utopia way again." And if he if he does that and he reverts back to to, to the, the the free flow and the recklessly defensive sort of you know the recklessly attacking sort of football, which which has cost us so often this season, then that's where my problem lies with him. We could. I think Martinez could do with an actual boss because do you think? Do you think that Dave Dave Whedon just used to worship the ground he walked, and he kept broke his leg. Him, you know, Wembley once. No, go ahead. He did honestly. (laughs) He did. Told me about it once. He um, he used to say, "Oh, Martinez is going to be one of the best managers in world football." He just lavished praise on him every time he was in the media. It's Swansea. It's a, it's a different kettle of fish because it was it was quite it's it's nothing. Ten years ago in League One is nothing compared to 2016 in the Premier League. He had a lot of freedom to do whatever he wanted, and it worked quite well. Mm. Um, this is this job is his first 
job as a player or as a <clears throat> manager where the f- at least the fans expect success mm. well not expect some of them don't expect success and it, they want to see Everton higher than what they are at Wigan they expected to get relegated all the time even though when Steve Bruce left they conceded 50 goals in his last season in Martinez's first season they conceded about 85 in the Premier League so Martinez is a young manager and yeah he's had a lot of he's had a lot of experience in English football but he could do with someone I'm not going to say like a director of football, but someone to like almost give him a clip around the ear and give him proper guidance. Mm. He could do with a director of football. <laughs> I, <laughs> completely, I completely agree with that. Yeah. The mad thing is, though, I I tend to agree, but I also think Martinez would make a would make a brilliant director of football. Do you know what I mean? His buys are pretty solid. Is um, the way he's bring brought youth into the side is really good. He can spot a player um, at any level. He's got a great vision. And yeah, he's got a vision for things. He, he actually is a really good director of football. It's the coaching bit I'm struggling with. So maybe he <laughs> should be the director of football. No, I, I think you. I, I think I think you're right. I think um, I think something should be taken out of his hands um, yeah. because I, I don't. I don't know. He, he, he listen. He does some things really, really well, but it's the things he doesn't do really let him down. I think Neville Southall said today. He's a defensive coach. Yeah, on on Twitter or something passing or whatever that he, he needs said, a defensive coach. Does, does he said we got um sorry he said uh, oh, no. we've got five internationals. Yeah, and if we can't defend, yeah, with five internationals, you shouldn't be pre- playing in the Premier League. Well, and he's got a point. Do, well, the, the thing about defending is is and this is what people get wrong about Everton as a defensive side is is you look you take the individuals out and all the individuals um are, are really really good. So that immediately tells you it's not about the individuals. It is about the shape of the team. We've been banging this drum for for too long, and that's where you do need someone else on the out from maybe from the outside or someone to say, "Listen, this is not you know you need to change something." Now that's got to come from um, someone in this coaching team. That I I, I know people say, "Oh, he needs new different coaches or new coaches." I think he just needs a different voice telling him. What's going on at the club? I think there's too many people at the club who are just like, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, the building's on fire. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> you know, that's that's there's just there just needs to be an an abrasive voice somewhere going. You know what? It's not fine. And I've said this before. Um, in the last sort of like ten years of Sir Alex Ferguson's tenure at Man United, he swapped his coach, his assistant manager, every three years, as in mm-hmm. he wanted fresh ideas, a new perspective. And not to sort of get caught in a rut. He wanted the the players to feel um, it was all fresh and new in training. And it wasn't getting stale. Roberto Martinez has been with Game Jones, I think, since he was conceived. Yeah. By the looks of it, um, <laughs> he was in there it, with him. It all ties. It all ties into to what Roger was saying, doesn't it? About yeah. how he's never. It's always been all very familiar for him. He's never had yeah. any pressure from above. He's always got the same faces around him. But you look at look at the the people who were who were you know were in the, the staff hierarchy at Everton. Mm. You think Dennis Lawrence, yeah, Dennis well, Lawrence. But you think players He's like a great basketball player, people like um, David Unsworth and, and Duncan Ferguson. You, you think players, the people like them, would mm. be happy to, to you know? To... I think Unsworth would. I think if Unsworth was given the opportunity, I really think he would. I, I love Big Dunk, but I just think he loves the job too much to to be to start to start getting arsy with people. I really do. I think he. I've asked him the question himself. Would he want to be the manager? And he basically said no because by being the manager, it could 
it, it could lead, lead to him losing his job and therefore having to leave mm. Everton as a club. I think Unsworth is a little bit more ambitious and doesn't have that kind of relationship with the fans where he could go and just be like, do you know what? Something needs to be there's something needs to be said here or done here. Or even go you know, you go you go outside the club and bring someone back like a like David Weir, I think, would be a perfect yeah. person to bring back to Everton and go, Do you know what, right? I don't know where, what they do with him because he might want to be the assistant manager because he's got, you know, got a similar role at Rangers. But he would be a, someone from the outside, fresh, fresh, who didn't, he's never even wear. I mean, look at look at Moyes again. I'll go back to Moyes. He brought in um, uh, Steve Round, who he'd never even worked with, didn't even have a relationship with him. But he felt like he was the best coach. Now, I don't know whether he was the best coach or he was the best. Well, he had a boss headset at all, I know. Um, <laughs> it's good on Sky. Yeah, yeah. And he, you know. That that that's what you felt he needed. Now that's what I'm saying. Maybe you do need to just bring someone in from the outside, but it's not actually from the outside. It's David Unsworth, maybe, and just just mix things up a little bit. Could that abrasive voice in the first? Because you know we we I wouldn't say wild success in the first season, but it was quite successful. Would that abrasive voice maybe have been Alan Stubbs? Because he wasn't from. I've got no intelligence to say if this is hundred percent true or not. But he, I know he went for. He was interviewed for the job, mm. and he. Could have been, I don't know, maybe a bit. It's tough to get his nose already out of joint even more. <laughs> but that would be tough. <laughs> but because his nose could have been out of joint, they didn't get the job. He was the under twenty one manager, but he could have been around the senior squad, and he could have maybe when Martins was in training, he could have said, "Do this, do that at mm. the back," because and then you'll reap the rewards. He was. We all know Stubbs. He was no nonsense, and he had a belt with a left foot. Defending always came first with him, and. It always came first with Weir. And when he left for Hibernian, or Hart, I don't even know where Hibs, he's gone. He's at Hibs, Hibs, Hibs. Yeah. Um, they're doing well. They're defense, I imagine they're defensively resolute. I would never, ever voluntarily watch Scottish professional football league, but I imagine they're defensively sound. But we, de- we definitely lost, I don't know. I think Stubbs could have been the guy you're referring to. Yeah, I think, to I, think, I think what's important is um, you have people at the club that understand the club and are yeah. willing almost to stand up for the fans. But in a way, that's not sort of just a, uh, a tied to the, the emotions. It's tied to actually what they're seeing with their eyes. Because, like, like you know, we we come on here every week or, you know, we do, all the, do the other shows we're doing and, and we're not stupid. We seem, we were banging the... We were saying... We were saying a year ago, we were saying 18 months ago that Howard was finished. You know, yeah. we're <clears> not <throat> stupid. We know these things. We've got two eyes. We might not have all the qualifications in football, but we know. But yet we're not taken seriously because we didn't play football. We aren't coaches. Um, sadly, we're not taken seriously. It's something that is throwing a, a lot of people in in either, you know, blogging or or or, uh, or just journalism, some people in the j- journalistic world. Um, but someone like Stubbs or someone like um, Unsworth or someone like Wheel or someone like Ferguson who's been around the club and almost as bridges as well. I think that that's quite important. Someone yeah. who's bridges both tenues of Moyes and Martinez. And maybe that's what actually Martinez didn't want was too many people around from the Moyes era. But I think it, it's good if you have people that have been in both because they can look at it and go... And I'm not talking about Moyes turning up at old, uh, Man United, by the way, going here, uh, well, to Rio, that's what, Jags wouldn't do that. I'm talking about people who just go, do you know what, there's something a little bit wrong here, and I know how to fix it. Um, you, you mightn't, but I do. That's it, because obviously something was working well under Moyes, you know, everyone's got everyone's got the critics of him and, and, and got their own different viewpoints, but there were, there were positive factors to his, his, his tenure, which kind of did overlap in that first season, and... 
I I think someone like you look at uh, I know he's signed for another club now, but someone like Tim Cahill maybe would have been would have been ideal for that. Get him in as a coach. You mentioned there he knows about the fans, he knows yeah. about the club. Both eras, he's, he's mm. he was a player who was a bit of a snide in his day. He's, he he played the game in a, in a different way to a lot of what the players we've got now. And and obviously he's uh, he's, he's moved on. He's signed for a different Chinese team now. But someone like that who is who's immersed himself in the club and is aware of all the different things that Evertonians want from, from the players would be ideal. It could be even like Stubbs, Stubbs and Unworth of Kale could be good, but it would be ideal. Like I think it'd be brilliant if it, um, someone like Ratcliffe or someone like Watson or maybe even Southall himself, if they mm, came in, I, th- had, had I think like they're an- too abrasive though. I think, I think t- too much time's passed. I, I, I mean, I, the perfect one is um, Lee Carsley. Mm. Lee Carsley would probably be the pe- probably be a really good coach coming to Everton. He, he's he, he he loves the club. Um, well, you well, know he's got ambitions in coaching, but he doesn't want to be necessarily the manager, so he's not a threat. Um, you know, he said that at, Bre- at Brentford, he didn't. He took over, and I think they won dear enough every game. He was the manager, but he said, "I don't want to do this." He said, "Because I've got so much learning to do." Maybe he's someone you could bring. You could. Is bring. he still there? Is he? I think he he might have took a he might have took a. Um, uh, a youth coaching position at the club. I'm not 100 percent sure. Well, yeah, look, look at you on Google. Have a look look at you on Google. Um, but someone like Lee Carsley would, would be perfect. Um, I know what you're saying about like plays like Ratcliffe and, and Neville Southall, but I think far too much time has passed for those kind of plays. I think football's moved on a little bit with those kind of plays as well. Um, oh yeah, I was I was going to say <clears throat> that maybe they're a bit too old with regards to the modern game, but they just. I just would be ideal to have one of those characters in because not only do they know the club, they know mm. how to win trophies. But we've got club. them; they're called the ambassadors. Um, with the England England under nineteen team. There now. you go, Lee Garzy with the England under nineteen team. I didn't even know that, and I made that suggestion. I'm a genius. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you didn't actually seem to coach. He's just hanging around. He's just, there, yeah. <laughs> just, just, just making the just making the tea. Yeah. No, but someone like that that that's a perfect example of someone who could come on. No, we get him in and bring Thomas Gavison in as well. Oh my. Oh, it's almost got his goodbyes with all the other money he's got, yeah? He'd be our new owner. Uh, that, that, that's perfect. That's, we just solved all the club's issues just in one go there. Just bringing those two crazy people to, to look after us. But uh, no, I think I think sometimes you do need to make those kind of things. But listen, I don't think Roberto Manis thinks we need anyone to come in at all. To, for for he'll probably say well we've got we have got Duncan Ferguson we have got David Unsworth and under twenty ones and he'd probably say David Unsworth you know does have we do have chats about what's going on and stuff so um but listen if, if we keep if we can continue to to go forward we're gonna in the next twelve games we're gonna be playing a lot of teams in and around us that can actually affect where we finish in the table so forget about your top four and all that. We are, you know, Crystal Palace, uh, you know, Liverpool, Manchester United, uh, Southampton. We've got all these teams to come that are in and around us. And and there's no reason, you know, we can still finish in the top seven. And if results go our way in the cup competitions, we can still get a Europa League place. We can still win an FA Cup. I'm, you know, Chelsea at home, I mean, we haven't even talked about that. I mean, Chelsea at home, I'm quite confident with that one. Yeah. Um, I think it's a perfect draw for us. I know mm. it sounds daft, you know, when you look think about how they've played, but it's it's a weird one because it'll kind of allow us to play like an away team at home, but then we'll have the atmosphere as mm. well to hopefully go with it because they're a team who, who love to keep the ball and the hitting, they, they, they pass it around mm. 
at, at will. They, they love to dominate the dominate possession. That will suit us. We'll sit back and try and counter attack, and hopefully the atmosphere as well will be really, really up, good for it. I don't know what day it's going to be played. I don't know what time yet. I'm not. I'm not. I don't know if that's been announced that while we record them, mm. but I feel as though it, it kind of brings together all the all, all the things you want from Everton in terms of the style, mm. in terms of the way the opposition are going to be playing, and hopefully having having a, a great raucous backdrop there as well. You happy with that, though, Rodri? Um, oh. yeah. Well, they're they're not unbeatable, are they? We should have. In, to all intents and purposes, we should have beaten them mm. at Stamford Bridge. They've under Hiddink, he's really steadied the ship. I mean, they've only lost once against <clears throat> in their like, in fourteen games since he's been in charge, mm. and that was against PSG away. They were quite the these days quite the footballing powerhouse. Um, my only worry is Diego Costa and Willian. I mm. think their yeah. defense with Zuma and Terry possibly out. I, we can easily get at their defense even if they had Zuma and Terry in, yeah. just because. We, I mean, we scored three goals with Zuma and Terry in, just in January. Yeah, but Costa, he, he just looks like completely a man reborn. I mean, in his last since um, Hiddings come in, he's scored or assisted in all but two of Chelsea's games since he's mm. been there. So See, was, I, was he assisted by Tim Howard? Was he? Does that count in yeah. the three three? <laughs> See, I hope I hope Costa comes and brings a snide day game. I really yeah. do. I think he, I hope he comes to Goodison and he's on full snide mode because I think that will get. The crowd going at Goodison. Bessage, Bessage just lays yeah, and then you have someone like Bessage playing, and um, and 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 it becomes suddenly that gets the crowd going because something certainly needs to get the crowd going, and there's nothing better than you know the opposition. There's nothing better than an absolute crunching tackle. Exactly. Yeah. There's nothing better. There's nothing better than Goodison Park um, when it's when it's just in its full horrible Great. mode. And oh. when I say that, I don't mean you know the what what people think. I'm saying I just mean Everton. Really horrible and, and and going after the opposition. And one, said, one of the greatest moments, arguably in the 21st century, was when uh, <laughs> we were playing Arsenal in the League Cup, and Nuno Valente just he literally booted someone in the stands. What a he fan! Just, what a man! Nuno <laughs> Valente, what a man! He, he had the ball, just literally booted him, and he went in the stands. But no, absolutely no issues with that whatsoever. No, Nuno, like, Nuno Valente we, was a beautiful human being. We, we, we still lost, and it was Arsenal's reserve. <laughs> just what, off, what a yeah. moment. Still, still booted him, though, and that, there's nothing can be said more about that. No, there's nothing better. You know, I think, uh, I think Chelsea, bring, having Chelsea and them being just horrible, and that adds to it. And even though we all love that and we all love the mm. snide side of it, the two games we played against them, we've completely outplayed them in both yeah. of them as Scored well. Scored six past them. Scored six, dominated the game at Goodison. Dominated the game there, aside from a few mad moments. But hopefully now, when we've got this team, which is a little bit more switched on, a little bit more defensively cohesive, we'll be able to to still dominate the game. But but I'll, I'll you know rid ourselves of these horrible errors as well. Mm. We'll be we'll be more settled with Robles in as well. He'll be more yeah. settled if if he's still the first choice. <laughs> he will. <laughs> he will. He will be. Oh, right. Um, lovely free weekend ahead. I'm going to go fly fishing in the Cotswolds. Oh yeah, I'm going to... <laughs> not really. <laughs> I, say. I just wanted to throw a really random shout in. I'm going to ch- I'm going to Chester against Tranmere the weekend. Ooh, mega snide that. I know. That could be mega snide. Well, apparently there's a, there's a big piece on it in the, in the Echo saying, "Oh, there's, there's trouble at the last game." I think there was zero arrests and one warning, something. Yeah, but no, Chester have kindly put me up in the press box. Oh, so I'm excited! Bet you still be wearing your finest Stone Island, though, won't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet yeah, you'll be there with the the coat with the goggles on. Oh, football factory all over you, lads. From <sighs> terrible, Roddy. Any plans for the weekend to divert yourself from football? 
Uh, I'm off to Portsmouth. So that, that would definitely divide. If I, 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 I might not be back next week. Full stop. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Thrown on the back of a uh, cargo ship, you'll end up yeah. just waking up in there. Uh... I'll just get battered by sailors. <laughs> Steady up. Listen on that on that note. It suddenly turned massively ugly on the show. Uh, big thanks for Roddy for joining us. Big thanks to Matt for joining us. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back next week. Uh, depending on what happens with sailors and fly fishing <laughs> and a chest. We'll see you then. Good night. <laughs>